that's my secret cat. I'm always angry. <laughs> Run out of patience. On the roof! Hey everyone, Cap Captain, big fan, Spider-Man. Avengers! Assemble. Hello, Peter. Hello and welcome to the Infinity Saga and Beyond MCU Fan Podcast. My name is Jordan Wigan, and with me today is Jack Seepersout. How are you? Hello. I'm doing very good, especially after seeing a specific movie this past yeah, uh, week, you know. That we're going to be talking about here. So I gave my, you know, uh, instant thoughts on Thursday after... I got home and I stayed up late recording that and editing it, putting it all up. Um, I was just so hyped after the movie. And then I was like, you know what? I'll do an instant reaction and then I'll do, you know, like a full breakdown with uh, Jack. And then I'm also doing another breakdown with Logan on Tuesday. So we're doing like, you know, like three podcasts about this. And maybe I'll revisit it after I do my uh next viewing of the movie too if there's any <laughs> other thoughts i have like a final thoughts or something i don't know but uh lots of spider-man content coming our way here we're talking spider-man no way home which is blowing up the box office right now uh but uh just i want to get your thoughts not about the movie yet but just kind of like what was the experience like how what was your theater like because when i went this was the most crowded my theater had been in a long, long time. Yeah. Well, um, I went at 3 p.m. on Thursday. So mm-hmm. um, it wasn't that it wasn't completely full. Like the entire front section still had a lot of a lot of seats available. But, you know, the crowd was definitely up and ready for it. You know, the, a lot of a lot of great audience reactions in there. Uh I, I will say I think that there were more for Endgame and Far From Home. If I because Far From Home, I saw that at 11 p.m. or something like that on opening night. So that might have something to do with it, but it, it was still a very excited crowd. Yeah, I was gonna say the the first night my crowd was not as. I guess rowdy as they were on the Friday night showing, which I thought was actually interesting because usually the Thursday night is like the, yeah. the most hardcore of the fans. So I did find it interesting that that was the case. My second crowd was, was better. Um, but none of them were like obnoxious. Like I saw a spoiler free uh, reaction on Twitter that showed like the fans when two certain people make their appearance in this movie. Um, so it's like muted. It's not showing the screen, showing the fans or whatever. But they were like jumping up and down like they were at a sports game. Like they were out of wow. their seats. They were like, ah, ah. and it was ridiculous. Um, very glad I was not in that theater um, because I want to be able to hear what's going on after. Right, right. You know, so uh, sometimes people take it a little too far. But it is a fun experience, you know. And this was like the best experience though since Endgame, I think, for me. Um, 
in a theater, though. I mean, that's not much to say because, you know, less than a year after Endgame was uh, the shutdown. So we we haven't really had, and these other MCU movies have not been event films the way that this one was. So kind of tough to say, but we're going to start with talking about the box office here at the time of the recording, it's projected to make $253 million opening weekend, which yes, is more than like any film uh, all of last year or this year. Um, some projections later in Sunday evening are showing that it may beat infinity wars opening, which is 257 million. Uh, it has 587 worldwide. <laughs> and its preview showing for Thursdays was like the third highest. I think it was just behind Endgame and maybe Infinity War. Or it was definitely behind Endgame. It might be second highest. I think it passed Force Awakens preview showing. It's got an A-plus cinema score. For people that don't know, cinema score is like this. Uh, exit poll. People tell you if they like it or not when they exit the movie. The other MCU movies that have an A-plus are Avengers, Black Panther, and Endgame. They're the only three films with the A-plus cinema score until Spider-Man. This is the best live-action Spider-Man. They've never got higher than a... Uh, they never got to an A-plus before. And Spider-Verse has an A-plus as well. So, in really good company, it's Rotten Tomatoes. Audience score is at 99% after 10,000 verified ratings. And its critic score is at 94%, which I think is the highest Spider-Man live-action uh, Rotten Tomato score. This thing is just... Uh, it's like sustaining itself at this point, right? <laughs> it's just... It is like... Um, it's kind of like Doc Ock's machine in Spider-Man 2. You know? It's just <laughs> starting to go nuts at this point. Um, the number keeps climbing. I wonder what it would have done without COVID though. Some people think maybe COVID helped it in the sense of people wanting that feeling again, wanting to get out to the theater again, that maybe that's helping some people that say without COVID, this is beating Endgame. I doubt it. Honestly, Endgame was a huge buildup and I understand this is a buildup as well over the course of 20 years instead of like the, the, 10 that Endgame was at that point, but it's I and I think it has some things going for it. It's more accessible than Endgame in the sense that you only need to know that Peter Parker's identity was revealed, and really you can watch this movie if you're familiar with Peter, uh, you know Andrew and Toby. Then you're familiar with it. If you're not familiar with them, it still makes sense. There's alternate versions in this right like there is nothing um i guess that would make it kind of like unapproachable uh, for a casual fan and in fact like my cousin who went and saw it has not seen like i don't think any of the mcu movies he's not an mcu guy but he likes toby Maguire and doc ock and green goblin so he went for this and he loved it you know so it's appealing to so many people that I think that's where it can kind of beat end game in that sense of, so sometimes people think, well, maybe that's why they think it would be able to pass end game is because it's more like approachable. You don't have to 
see as many films, I guess. But, uh, and you get the MCU fans, you get the non-MCU fans in here for this, if they're just regular Spider-Man fans or whatever. They're Andrew Garfield fan, they're a Tobey Maguire fan, they come in and see this. But anyway, it's just it's just wrecking the box office right now, and it shows that you know people were waiting for a good movie to like not a good movie to come out because there's been good movies that have released this year, but they were waiting for some sort of film that, that they felt in the time of COVID that they were gonna only go to the theater maybe once this year. They were all saving it for Spider Man apparently. Uh, what is your thoughts on the performance of this as you, uh, you know, you didn't pay any attention to the numbers until right before we record it. I will say I'm a number guy when it comes to box office. I'm on the box office subreddit all the time. I'm always tracking this stuff. So uh, it, it really intrigues me. So I want to get your thoughts on uh, the box office. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. I, I, I don't think that, you know, we're, we it, it's possible we might not see another movie reach these kinds of levels for some time honestly uh, like th this is truly just an incredible uh showing for it and you know a lot of it's that hype a lot of it is the accessibility of it but i think oh you know the the big thing about it is it built on itself in that you know this movie is arguably one of the most hyped up movies of like the past few decades you could argue maybe endgame had more maybe infinity war had more but I, I think that this definitely is up towards the top of those movies. And as a result, you know, it's just going to keep growing in terms of those numbers because it's so rare, I think, that a movie has such hyped expectations and meets it. But in my opinion, this exceeded those expectations that I had for it. So I, I think that that's the, the biggest thing about it. Like, you know, this not only met every expectation i had for it but passed it in more ways than one so i i think that that just speaks to you know why this is going so well and uh i i i think that you know i'm probably gonna see it at least another two or three times before before probably uh streaming it another dozen times or so because this uh so i guess a, spo a spoiler for in case we end up talking about this but this is in my top three MCU movies of all time at this point. Like that, that's how good, that's how good this movie is for me. It's in my top three after seeing it once. And I've seen all of these other ones, like four or five times at least. So. Yeah, I have, uh, I updated my listing too, after thinking about it for a bit before seeing it the second time. But I have uh, my top three is Endgame, Infinity War, and No Way Home. So those are my top three MCU films. And it goes Civil War, Avengers, Guardians. You know, um, so those are my uh, top three there. I, I took a screenshot of Spider-Man cinematic ratings, and it's up there for that, too. It's number one. Then I have Spider-Man 2, Spider-Verse, Homecoming, Spider-Man, Far From Home, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's my ranking so far. So, I mean, uh, this immediately shot up there, and I think, you know, this could have gone all wrong. I, when you look at what, you know, let's take even the Toby and Andrew out of it, all right? And let's say it's Spider-Man versus five villains. 
and you have the common complaints of Spider-Man 3 being that they had Sandman, New Goblin, and Venom. And that they didn't they didn't balance those well. Then you have Amazing Spider-Man 2 having Electro and New Goblin, you know, the hairy version of Goblin and that too. Yep. And people said it didn't work. They fit too many people. And Rhino. And that they yeah. fit too many people in there. Rhino, for me, I, I don't even think you can count him. He's in the very beginning and the very end. He's not even a villain. But <laughs> this one has five villains. And then when you throw in Strange, Ned, MJ, Aunt May, Peter, he's on the run. Then you throw in Toby and Andrew, you're like, that's too many characters. I worry about how they'll handle this because every Sony film that's done this has failed. <laughs> and this is where you yep. have the Feige effect and the Marvel Studios effect that all five villains got their moment. I mean, I really feel like they did. Um, they leaned on the stronger villains, gave them more time, but the other villains got their perfect amount of time. And then Toby and Andrew got their perfect amount of time. And, uh, you know, you, and it still felt like Tom Holland's film. Like, he wasn't overshadowed. Like, it really was like they somehow made it work. And, you know, I, I'm not sure how many people listened to when I first started this podcast, but I started covering one of my first episodes was talking about them bringing Alfred Molina back and Jamie Foxx back. And at that time, I believed that they were pulling a J.K. Simmons and saying... They just really like these two in those roles and they're going to, you know, it wasn't going to be a multiverse film. Everybody, as soon as they said uh, Dr. Strange was in, it was thinking multiverse film. And I was more like, it doesn't mean that it could be that he's trying to get people to forget that he's Spider-Man, like a brand new day or one more day, whatever the storyline is called. Yeah. One more day, yeah. one more day. Right. And then after that's brand new day. And then, you know, they have another storyline after that that kind of takes some cues from this. So I was thinking that's what it could be. Um, and instead what they did was they marriaged both of those ideas of the multiverse and the brand new day and one more day. So what they did here was instead of Mephisto being the one who did it, Dr. Strange does the spell. It breaks and it causes the multiverse event. And then at the end with the spell, it does that brand new day and one more day storyline that way. So I was kind of right, but cause I, but I was thinking like, there's no way that we'll get all this stuff. Cause it would just be too much to juggle. It might just be a storyline about him having to get people's memories kind of rewound. And instead they mixed the both together and it worked beautifully. I mean, it really, it really was wonderful and I'm happy I was wrong. Uh, but I am also happy I was a little right with the with the story <laughs> the spell there. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it really was like I, I feel like everybody had their had their time to shine. Even characters like Flash Thompson, I really felt like he had a good moment and a good few moments in this. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to see where it leads us going forward. Kevin Feige has already said that they're working on Spider-Man four. And he said that he wanted to get that out there now. So people don't panic about how after far from home, Sony tried to pull him. So it does seem like 
you know, that we are going to get more of this Peter Parker um, in the MCU. Because some people said that the ending sets him up to be removed from the MCU, and I, was, I don't really think so. I mean, it works even better now. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's kind of dive in. Are you ready to dive in with the main storyline here? Or did yeah, you have like, any other thoughts before I, that? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about, about them when, when we get to them, but there's some actor performances I definitely want to highlight eventually. Uh, but you know, about the villain balancing thing, you know, I, I thought it, I thought it was really fantastic. Like, uh, you know, I, I thought they balanced, they also balanced humor and yes, the serious yeah. tones incredibly well you know there there's times in like end game especially where i felt like they they kind of mixed up the balance at a few points in that movie which would you know kind of bound to happen over a three and a half hour long movie but uh still i i think that they hit it perfectly in this one yeah i, I think um yeah i think this is probably one of the best ones for a mix of comedy with the seriousness and probably what spider-man really is i mean because spider-man is still a quippy character and you know um and all that so what we get here so let's go ahead and start uh, so we pick right up where we left off in spider-man far from home and credit scene in fact the marvel logo and all that stuff is going on while jj is revealing that peter is spider-man so, you know, he's going to jump down there and get MJ. She's starting to get surrounded here. And I really like this Karen lady that's like, oh, Spider-Man hit me. Did you see that? He hit me or whatever. <laughs> like, he just like gently pushed her out of the way to get out of there. Um, But, you know, they, they swing to Peter's house because they can't go to MJ's house because she thinks that her dad would hate him now after this reveal. Um. Happy and May are in the middle of breaking up at this time. Or should I say May is in the middle of breaking up with Happy <laughs> at this time? And, uh, you know, Peter gets uh, MJ through the window and we get um, them fumbling around in there where it really sounds like they're having sex. Yep. With the, you know, even the stuff they're saying, like, I don't know where this goes or, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, some yeah. of the stuff they're saying, like, it's really funny. And then they walk in on them and, you know, he's changing out of his spider suit. And this is actually May and MJ's first introduction. That's pretty interesting. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting way to get introduced. I was like, why are they introducing themselves? Oh, they don't know each other. Like, I feel like they would have known each other, but I guess not. Yeah. They, they, they didn't because, uh, yeah, the, I, I mean, it is kind of weird because it's like, it's implied that there's about a week between, uh, when they come back from Europe mm -hmm. and this moment. So, right. I, it's 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 a bit of an interesting one, uh, but still, uh, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, pretty interesting. And then we had, um, you know, we we have the helicopters outside of the building. It comes on the news report, and then we kind of flash forward a little bit of time too, where it's just Peter and May sitting on the couch watching more of this stuff. And then the Department of Damage Control shows up and takes them into custody and also brings in Ned and MJ. So we have these legal issues that start up here. And we have the interrogation where MJ is just like a boss here. She's just like, I want a lawyer. I want a lawyer. 
Um, and seriously, people, don't think it shows that you've done something wrong. I listen to all these true crime podcasts and all that stuff. <laughs> Definitely lawyer up, you know, uh, because they will twist your stuff. There's tons of people that get in jail, uh, you know, because they get broken and have to, you know, they end up falling for whatever tricks that are used. So, you know, it doesn't show any sign of guilt. It's your right. Uh, Ned falls for the tricks here. I love, I love the guy who plays the agent here, actually. Yeah. When he's like, you know, half of my guys are men in chairs. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and Ned just being like, no. And the way he set it up to where he's like, when MJ told you about Peter being Spider-Man, he's like, no, 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 no. I knew he was Spider-Man first. And I was his guy in the chair. And I helped him take on the vulture. You know, and then the guy's just like, oh, so you're his number one accomplice. <laughs> <laughs> that, and, and then he's like, uh, I'd like that to be struck from the record. The record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so good there. And then you have Aunt May even kind of getting kind of all like MJ in the other room there where she's like, I know my rights. If you're not going to charge me with anything, we have to go. And... We get the meeting with a lawyer who turns out to be Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock here. Um, spoilers for Hawkeye inbound here, too. So we have the D'Onofrio kingpin in Hawkeye. We now have Matt Murdock from Daredevil as well. Uh, just wonderful that they're both in the same week just a day apart from each other like you know uh wednesday to thursday timed perfectly really yeah so it's either they did that for the for the um why they did two episodes in a week or it's because they didn't want to overlap with boba fett i don't know probably both uh but you know he he's able to say pretty hand-waving that peter doesn't have any more legal issues they don't have anything to really charge him with because i guess mysterio is not very a, a trustworthy source they do capture yeah. the stark <laughs> tech um but uh you know he says he's a really good lawyer and then he catches a brick that's thrown in the house and peter's just like whoa how'd you do that i'm a really good lawyer um but the brick says you know we believe mysterio so you kind of have these two, you know, these two sides: people that believe Peter, and people that believe Mysterio, and they decide that they have to move places and they're going to move to Happy's. But what was your thought about Matt Murdock? As now you're watching Daredevil on Netflix. Yeah, I I thought it was a fantastic introduction. You know, uh, for a character that I know a lot of fans were really hoping would be in there. You know, it, it was perfect as well because i i was looking into this you know trying to learn as much about the character after seeing him in there and i know he teams up with uh daredevil teams up with spider-man quite a bit in the comics and i found a bit of inf interesting information that it's shown a few times in there that daredevil's senses are a bit stronger than the spidey sense so you know i i think that kind of shows that he was able to react faster than uh, than Peter getting to there because you know you see Peter setting up to to catch the brick and everything, but uh, you know it's just incredibly <laughs> the delivery as well of the line. How did you do that? I'm just a really good lawyer, just absolutely perfect. And my theater went crazy when when this happened. Uh, you know, like there there was like cheering as soon as he popped up, and uh, you know I part of me was like, yeah, he's probably going to be in here, but. 
an another half of me was like, surely Kevin Feige wouldn't reveal that Charlie Cox would be coming back to play Daredevil in the MCU eventually, this close to No Way Home. But I no, think that's why he did it. Actually, yeah. I mean, because like, there's no reason to say that if you didn't already have him locked up at that point so he yeah. would have had to have been in something soon and at least it gave something to be shared in news during his press release like his right. press conferences and stuff that then ultimately didn't spoil anything people were kind of already expecting it plus to be honest that leaked as well so i'll share i i seen pictures of that dinner scene um you know the table scene was shared on twitter and reddit um briefly so i did see that that was probably a few weeks ago um though you know there's rumors he was going to be in it so i kind of figured <clears throat> he would um though some of the rumors said he was going to be in more than one scene and i just couldn't see that you know i felt like it had to be but do you remember in the spider-man trailer when we have the guy from damage control like slamming the stuff on the table and everybody was like that's charlie cox's arms that's daredevil <laughs> and i was like no that's the guy that is interrogating him why would yeah. he be smashing stuff on the table why would he be looking at paperwork if he's blind right so i mean like <laughs> it didn't make any sense but you know, ultimately people got what they wanted. They got Charlie Cox back. Now I wonder if like the fan reaction in the, in, in like the theaters is like from both sides, like people that know he was in the Netflix series that are like, woo. And then just some people that are like, Oh, that's Matt Murdock from daredevil. Like just thinking like comic book wise or yeah. like, you know, like I wonder how many people realize he's from the MCU already or not. Yeah. It, it would be interesting to see. I mean, I, I know a lot of people really liked the Netflix show. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there if there's definitely a good mix in there, especially like seeing it on Thursday or Friday. Yeah. You're yeah, pretty much guaranteed course. that you're going to get like some fans with, you know, knowledge of the comics to a certain extent. Yeah. Like my, my dad and mom saw it on Friday with me and, you know, they both had seen the daredevil show. So they, they were happy to see him back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, then we have them moving to Happy's. We see that Happy has Dummy, you know, uh, Tony's old, uh, I was going to say droid, but, you know, robot. <laughs> um, Happy is sleeping in the back room with Peter. We have Peter and MJ on FaceTime talking about how they're going to see each other uh, the next day as they're getting ready for school. Just a fun little moment here with, you know, um, uh, with, with, Peter and MJ and then happy waking up and being like, just get off the phone. We get it. You guys like each other. Um, and we get them going back to school and this is where we get. Okay. One of my favorite parts here is the guy who's just like, MJ, are you going to have his spider babies? Like oh what God. a weird thing to say to a high schooler. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I will say in that scene though, I really appreciate it because I think I heard it. I feel like I heard the do a flip guy from from the spider-man it sounded movie. like it he's in shang chi as well yeah yeah i, I yeah, feel like video i feel like i heard him in there i i swear i heard i heard that that line do a flip i really hope so uh when, when i am um, when i go back for a second watch of it it does I, sound I'm like gonna, it. i'm gonna it i'm gonna listen like for that for sure because i heard it too and i was like i wonder if it's the same guy or not um 
But uh, I love that they gave Betty the line, go get him, Tiger, or should I say spider? Like, I just love the way she <laughs> delivered that, too. Like, it is very, like, news broadcaster-like, but just just really great um, to get the line, go get him, Tiger. And then, you know, with it rhyming with spider, them knowing he's Spider-Man, it just fits so well there. And I just love also these three teachers, you know, Hannibal Burris, uh, JB Smoove, and Martin Starr are just mm-hmm. hysterical as Martin Starr has made the shrine to Spider-Man. You have Hannibal Burris is the uh, conspiracy theorist. He's the gym teacher. I think that fits well with him too. Cause remember at the end in homecoming, when they're watching the stuff with, um, cap right and he's like i don't know why we're watching this guy's a war criminal or whatever <laughs> you know yeah, because yeah. of the Sokovia accords but it's just funny that you know he, he's somebody that'll just buy into i guess whatever is actually being uh presented out there probably by jjj right jj yeah. uh, j jonah jameson he's he's believing that and then you get you know jb smooth being like hey if you want to swing down the hall or crawl or whatever like feel free to do that <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. I just love that we got these three teachers again. This is their last scene. But I just love the three of them and being able to to see them. It was it was great. I love Martin Starr too. Like I was watching Far From Home the other night leading up to this and him with his you know, uh wife having fake flip to leave him and stuff. It's just <laughs> It's just so good. And his delivery is so good, you know? Um, yeah, he's brilliant in that. And he's great in so many things, but he is he's really great in this. Uh, any thought about the going back to school here? We don't see a lot of it, right? We go right to here to the rooftop, but Yeah, I, I, I think I think like it's a really kind of powerful scene, kind of just showing how isolated Peter's group is uh, of of people at this point in time right like i you know he he's got he's got his friends and that's about it in in this like not many people are willing to go through him but i will i I will want to i do want to say the flash scene in this too where uh you know he uh you know he 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 comes up as yep his new book uh that that's that's incredible and uh you know, it, it it's I think I think it's the perfect scene for this iteration of Flash. So I, I think I think it was a, a nice little addition there. What I liked about it too is that Flash still stuck by Spider-Man's side here. We knew how much of a fan he was of Spider-Man. And I was waiting for them to do the easy thing of the bully finding out Peter is Spider-Man and him being like okay well then i'm gonna believe mysterio or whatever but he you know sticks by by spider-man's side he think he knows he he knows peter right he knows peter's not a killer as much as he bullies peter he knows peter um he's not and, and he still kind of sticks by side. he's actually going to help him later on in this which i think is great too um and he still wants people to be you know he now wants to be peter's best friend you know, uh, which is a funny turn here. And as much as people hate it, MCU flash, I, I saw a lot of that, you know, from like hardcore Spider-Man fans. I really like this iteration of flash a lot because I think it shows a lot of, um, oh, growth. We get a lot more of this flash, you know, flash in the 
Raimi films is like just that one fight and it's um yeah you know and, and that's pretty much it and then we get you know a, a pretty interesting flash in the Garfield films as well but again that's only really one movie um but this one we've had for three films and it just you know seeing their relationship evolve and then we get them you know apply, applying for colleges and having their backup schools and we kind of get this montage where even more weeks go by as you know we, we were in the summer before and now we're getting to the point of almost halloween or past halloween at least as he gets his last school one which is mit and he goes to open it up at mj's work which is the coffee shop donut place and all three of them open it up and all three of them have been declined because of the recent controversy and i thought this was another good way of getting you know Peter isn't just going to fix the spell for his own benefit. He's going to try to get that spell cast because it's affecting his friends who he feels like should not have to see their futures. It's their whole future. They can't go to college, any college right now because of them associating with him. And, uh, you know, he, he sees the Halloween ornaments that are listed there. Uh, and he's, Gets re- they do look a lot like Doctor Strange. He they gets do, reminded yeah. <laughs> to go see Doctor Strange to see if there's anything that we can done. But, you know, we have um, MJ and Ned, though, still sticking by his side. And I think that's why he really wants to help them. And, is you know, they say they wouldn't change anything with what they've done. And we have Ned ripping it up. And then he's like, I got to actually show this to my parents. <laughs> But I, I thought it was interesting because um, I was always wondering, like, how does he get to the point where he wants the spell? Is it just because it's hard on him? And it's actually just because of college stuff, which I think, you know, he can handle the rest of the controversy going around him. You know, he's fine with that. It's it's this stuff of, um, I mean, he had somebody throw a brick in his window and he didn't care, right? Like, he is really only going there because it's affecting his friends and i think that's so spider-man exactly yeah I, I think i think you know that's the first kind of decision in like a lawn series of them throughout this movie that shows the evolution of tom holland spider-man yeah he's maturing um so we get them we get him going to the sanctum we have what two students are they like students students of the mystic arts or what i, I think so thing? well yeah the students of the shovel at that point I was yeah. say. uh and we learned that wong is the sorcerer supreme on a technicality because <laughs> steven was gone for five years would i i think that's kind of funny i i i do kind of like that yeah yeah it's great it um, also it also gives strange some more uh motivation like people I remember we we talked about this when the trailer came out, like, oh, Doctor Strange is way too arrogant. He would never do that spell. Kind of, kind of shows why he might be a little bit more arrogant as well, uh, you know, being passed up for that kind of for that kind of thing. So. Well, I like this. I like this because it plays out very differently from the trailers, right? Mm-hmm. This is not like in the trailers, they really play it as Wong saying, don't cast that spell. That spell is dangerous. And Steven like winking and be like, we're going to do it anyway. In this, it's like almost opposite, like not opposite, but I mean, like this is a spell strange has done multiple times for less important stuff. You know, he even says, do you remember the party at karma? uh, What? uh, uh, Karma tall. 
Yeah. And he is like, no, he's like, exactly. Like he used the spell <laughs> for that. So he knows it can work. He knows he can do it. So it's not like as why Steven, are you doing this? It's, you know, it's something he's done before. So it makes it like, no wonder he thinks he can do it. You know, he's not just risking his life in the multiverse. He thinks I've done this a million times. I'll do it for this kid. We helped him out. Uh, you know, he's helped us. We're, we're going to help him out. And um, also like how originally it, it starts with, you know, Peter's not thinking about spells. He goes there for the, hey, can you go back in time and yeah. fix it? And it's like, no, I don't have the time stone anymore. And he's like, um, sorry, I, you know, wasted your time. And that's what I think really gets to Steven is, you know, Peter's always so apologetic you know, and so polite usually, sir, you know, he's like, don't call me, sir, call me Steven. <laughs> and, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I wasted your time. And he's like, uh, come on, let's do it. You know, let's, let's do it. And, um, they go down to the basement and they start casting the spell and Peter keeps interrupting to add more people to remember. And I really like when he says happy and his screen says, no, I'm annoyed. <laughs> um and he's like no happy he's like a person you know um but I, I what i found interesting is that tell me if people laughed at this in your theater when strange shuts the spell down and he says um you know peter says something about steven again and he shuts him down and says call me sir people laughed in my theater both times for that and i was like i didn't read it as a comedy thing this is him being really hard on peter at this time you know he was like hey don't call me sir call me this and then he kind of pulls it on peter of never mind call me sir you 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 ruined this and you are a child so yes call me sir i i yeah. felt it was more of like a sad thing than like a ha 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 like people were <laughs> in my theater yeah i i heard a few chuckles here and there for it but it wasn't like a huge Oh, like I got a huge laugh scenes. the second yeah, time. For, <laughs> for like, other <laughs> scenes, I, I, I don't, I don't remember there being a huge laugh for that one. Yeah, that I got a, a <laughs> really big laugh the second time, especially, and I was like, "Geez." <laughs> um, uh, but Strange gives Peter the idea to talk to the admissions lady. He's actually like, you know, if you've already tried convincing them, he's like, "What? I can try to convince them." <laughs> And I love the way Strange says this too, of like, so instead of trying to plead your case, you try to have me like mess with everybody's mind in the entire world. And Peter's like, well, <laughs> when you say it like that, and then I, I just love cut the, to I, the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I love that cut right there. It's it, it's perfect. And and then we get the scene where Flash helps Peter out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Peter is going to uh, he. You know, Flash went to the donut shop before with the MIT sweater saying yes, like yeah. like being hyped up and like and then realizing no one else got in. So he's going to a mixer. Peter calls him and is like, hey, where's the MIT mixer? And Flash is like, oh, uh, it's over here. And then he's like, great. Is there someone I can talk to? And he's like, yep, she just left. And, uh, you know, I, I the the admissions counselor, he's going to he's going to go find her on the way to the airport and I, I also think it's really funny in this part, uh, the picture, the reference picture that um, Flash <laughs> sends Peter for this uh, is a picture with a very not happy 
uh, <laughs> admissions yes. counselor, uh, looking uh, holding a copy of his book. Uh, so I, I think that's that that's pretty funny. But we yes, finally get. was going to have to swing him to school for the next right. few weeks or whatever. But I think the plans changed to where he's just going to tell everybody he's his best friend. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Which is exactly what Flash wants anyway. So. Yes. He's like, you uh, know what I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that that's funny. And it, it, it plays into like the, you know, he's supposed to be a bully, but he, he's really just a fan of Spider-Man. And I, yes, I, I, yeah. I think that, I think, I think it fits his character so well. But then we finally get to the much anticipated bridge scene. Yes. And he goes and knocks on the car door uh, for the admissions lady. He's got his wrinkled suit on. He's, you know, trying to talk. He says MIT is dumb. And she's like, this is not going well. You haven't prepared this. <laughs> and then his spider sense goes off. And, you know, we start getting people running from their cars. He jumps on top of her car and we start seeing Doc Cock's arms come through, and it's a great entrance. And at, when we saw him get to the bridge, I was like, oh, my goodness, we're already at the bridge scene? I yeah, was like, this movie yeah. is flying. It really does. Like, it just moves. That whole opening is like, boom, 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 boom. Um, and we get Doc Ock saying, hello, Peter. And I love that they didn't spoil this reaction because I think it's a great reaction where – uh well maybe they did maybe they showed it in the scene i'm not sure did they show it in yeah that yeah they, they scene? showed it in they showed it okay. in that scene yeah either way it's really great when he waves and he's just like uh do Hi. i know you yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then i love i was wondering this was what i was wondering how much are they going to reference the universe and movies that these villains come from and they do it a hell of a lot and they do it oh, yeah. so well his first thought is, "Where? what did you do to my machine? Mm-hmm. The power of the sun in my hand. Like all these quotes and references, I was like, this is great. I can't believe I'm seeing this. And, you know, Peter's like, hey, if you stop like attacking people, I can help you find it. And of course, Doc Ock doesn't believe this because he has this different relationship with his Spider-Man. And this whole fight breaks out and the lady in the car gets stuck. She gets like the car gets kind of pushed to the thing and she can't get out of the door she also can't get out of the door because the uber driver just leaves her in the car yeah has, the, I guess, the uber driver lock locks the door it. yeah yeah <laughs> and then uh i love too that peter uses his iron spider legs and doc ock just saying looks like we have competition to his yeah. arms that was just so that good. Was good and i was like no wonder why they wanted to use the iron spider suit for this part because it is perfect for the scene him going, you know, hand to hand with, um, you know, with um, Doc Ock here with his arms. Um, Peter goes to save the MIT lady. So this is why people can't judge stuff ahead of time. I'm not sure if you ever seen this, but when they released Empire, when Empire the magazine released first photos, and one of the scenes is Peter running, and Doc Ock is like throwing the car at him. People oh, are like, yeah, yeah. why is Tom Holland and Spider-Man always running away from stuff? He's not as good as Toby. Or... It's because he was running to save somebody. Yeah, you know, the yep. thing that Peter always does? Yep. And I love this. When I was doing these rewatches of the, the five other films before this for the other Spider-Man, 
I kept telling my wife, I was like, I want more swinging scenes and I want him saving more civilians. Like we got a lot of that in homecoming. Didn't get a lot of that in far from home. And this one reminded me of in what is it? Amazing Spider-Man one, when he saves uh, the boy, see Thomas house kid. Um, When he saves the boy, Jack or Jake or whatever. Um, In this, you know, we get that one shot of the car getting thrown up and it has the baby and the parents and him being able to save them. And I was like, this is what I wanted. Show me more of him saving just regular people like this, even when they think he's a menace. And that's like classic Spider-Man, you know? Um, And he saves them. He gets them back up. He lets them go. Then he goes to try to save the MIT lady again. Doc Ock like hits him real hard with his arm too into a car and Peter gets back up. Spider-Man always gets up, you know, and he goes and um, is able to save the woman from hitting the train at the bottom of her fall here. And then he has to leave her as he goes to keep fighting Doc Ock. This scene is just incredible throughout. And we eventually get Doc Ock saying some of the lines from the trailer, like you're not Peter Parker. And, uh, you know, he rips open part of the uh, Iron Spider suit and the part that is the mask has to go down to the chest to protect him from Doc Ock's uh, pointy thing. Yep. Uh, and, um, you know, we get the Iron Man tech, the nanotech going onto the arms of doc ock's arms but then it becomes like a bluetooth device where now (laughs) peter has control i thought that was brilliant yeah yeah it it was i i also think it's interesting because i saw a lot of theorizing about you know when uh we see that in the trailer with the nanotech merging with doc ock's arms like people like oh when they cross over into our universe their technology becomes newer and they're merging with the universe and nope no not at (laughs) all not even close uh, but that that's kind of the fun about theorizing, isn't it? Being right yes. and wrong about things. Uh, so then he, you know, gets the lady safe with control of the arms. I love that she gets out and like assaults uh, Doc Ock. Oh, yeah, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, just as everything seems to be OK, we get the pumpkin bomb. We get Green Goblin appearing and then whew, we're back in the basement of Dr. Trey. That part the first time tripped me out. I was like, Whoa, oh, yeah. what are we doing? We were just about to see uh, Green Goblin, and it works so well. You know, Doctor Strange pulls him back. He captures Doc Ock. He already caught Lizard, and he gives Peter the part of his suit now that has the like thing to shoot him into the prison, which I thought yep. was really cool. Um, and this is where we get told by strange that everyone who knows Peter or Spider-Man in every multiverse is coming here due to the spell. That's what he contained, but a few of them slipped through here. Um, we go find those, those ones that um, slip through the cracks. And, Again, this works wonderful. I was wondering, how do you bring in them? How does messing with the spell just open up the multiverse? It shouldn't. But what I like is that they then made it a side effect of the spell going wrong. Okay, you want everybody to forget Spider-Man was Peter Parker? Well, now everybody that knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man is coming here. Like, it made it work for the reason why these people were here. It didn't feel shoehorned in. Like, it really fit, I feel like, the whole story of 
the movie. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I that's agree. what I was worried about. You know, how do they? How do you justify bringing them in? And it fits perfect. Yeah, I I agree. I, I you know, we talked about the worry about balancing too many villains, uh, but it's equally important if you're able to balance them all that the reason for them being there is is like at least plausible right like mm -hmm. uh, and i think they they really did do a good job with that and it, it makes sense it's a concept people can relate to you know like if you don't specify your wishes or whatever like uh, with a genie it ends up having bad side effects that kind of stuff so it, it's something that anyone can kind of like be like oh yeah that makes sense it, it so i i think especially with endgame i i think like that that got a little bit difficult to follow like why is this time travel stuff working exactly uh but or at least a casual viewers of it but this one it's like yeah no no, no that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah no it, it, that's what i was always wondering um you know how do you justify all these people coming he's trying to do a spell it doesn't make any sense but it's the way that they wrapped it in, and I felt like, you know, when you read some of the theories online, or when you, and even the stupid memes where everybody's like, oh, Wanda and Strange and Loki are messing with the multiverse. No, Wanda doesn't mess with the multiverse at all in her show. Can we drop that? <laughs> uh, Loki, you know, yes, he opened up the, like, the way I see it, right, is if this movie took place before Loki, there would be no multiverse at all because we had the one timeline in Loki. It's because he who remains dies that allows the multiverse to grow that then allows when the spell goes wrong for the multiverse to open. And Dr. Strange's not messing with the multiverse. He just had to try shutting down the spell because he it's tough to cast it when somebody's talking. Uh, so I don't know. All these memes uh, get on my nerves sometimes when they don't really take an effect or account like what's actually going on um and then we have uh peter still has paint on his suit so he's going to turn it inside out um which is how we get the black and gold suit uh peter brings ned and mj we get the scooby-doo this shit uh stuff which i think worked a lot better in this than the trailer yeah. um because strange is delivering it differently he's not self-censoring which i thought was weird when he says scooby-doo this crap you know, it, it works just so much better here. Yeah. And I, I also, I've got to say, the suit flipping it inside out looks incredible. Mm -hmm. I I I was, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of how it looks. It looks very much like, a, you know, a, a, an early prototype of a, of a Spider-Man suit, which I think I think looks just incredible. You know, I, I, I always uh, in the amazing Spider-Man game, uh, I I always would play in the black and gold suit as soon as I unlock that every single time. Uh, and I, I was just like, oh, this suit just feels right. I don't I don't know why, I, I but I love it. The aesthetics of it. Yeah, and it looks um, I will say it looks really great in the Spider-Man PS5 game. <laughs> it looks so good i was taking some screenshots with it the other day um because it still has like the wires hanging off of it yeah too, and that like it looks really great um but yeah so we get them all you know scooby doing it and we are going to get 
Peter tracking down Electro. And he also runs into Sandman here, which I thought was great, having them both in one go. And Sandman actually helping Peter and being on Peter's side because of him thinking it is Peter from Spider-Man 3. Remember, at the end of Spider-Man 3, they're on good terms. So for him, this works out pretty well. Um, Until he sees Electro get zapped back. Then he's starting to think he got murdered. (laughs) He's not for it. But we have... um, What I liked about this, too, is that to explain him not being blue, it's like the electricity from this universe is different enough where it changes him again. And I thought that was good because I was like, how are you going to take the same one and make him not blue? Okay, (laughs) it it worked here for me. It's just like, okay, the power here is different. That's all you need to say. And when you when you're dealing with stuff from different universes, like you don't have to over explain anything. If you just tell me that I'm like, makes sense. We're good, you know, because, you know, it makes sense. I mean, different power, whatever. So now he's got yellow electricity instead of blue. And he looks like a he looks like Jamie Foxx instead of uh, nerdy smurf. Jamie Foxx oh. <laughs> and or smart. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, you know, Peter helps take both of them down. He's going to clean up his mess so he doesn't get blamed on it. Um. And then we get Aunt May calling him saying that one of the people he's looking for is there with her at feast. Now we get Norman before that arguing with his mask and he breaks it and run off. And I will say Willem Dafoe is fantastic. And I wonder if he had to rewatch Spider-Man at all, or if he just was able to slip back into it. Cause it seems so effortless oh for him. God. That that's, that's one of the things I wanted to mention and I'll mention it at several points in this, but Willem Dafoe in this movie killed it. Honestly, I, I think it rivals it's not the only thing he killed, but yeah, uh, well, yeah, I, <laughs> oh, uh, I, I think it, I think it rivals uh, in terms of like comic book villain performances. I think it rivals Heath, Heath Ledger's Joker. I think it's that good. It's the first, like, Th- Thanos felt threatening in the MCU, right? He he felt like a big threat. And, uh, but this just felt like he, Willem I'll Dafoe tell you this why. just felt maniacal. I'll tell you why. Because Thanos had reasoning behind it. Mm-hmm. He was ultimately looking for good, right? I yep. am going to save resources. This is just Joker-ish deranged. Mm-hmm. When he's getting, later on, when he's getting punched and laughing, it is just so creepy. Yeah. And he just plays it so well. Um, But, you know, at this point, he's he's normal again. Or he's back to Norman. And he's, you know, stealing donuts. And he's... uh scared he's wearing homeless stuff which is going to look really good with the rest of his stuff later mm-hmm. you know when they yep. give him the purple hoodie which works out perfectly for <laughs> comic book stuff like it's perfect um but you know aunt may is telling peter that it is his responsibility to, to help these people he's lost not just cosmically but in his mind and it's true we know that from spider-man one that he he had like two sides he was sometimes he was regular norman and sometimes goblin took over and i think that they explored that very well here and i and that's another part i really enjoyed about this when i'm thinking how are they gonna how are they gonna do this this part and then when he brings norman back 
and you have everybody start recognizing each other was beautiful. It was like so perfect. That's what I was wondering. Are they going to write? You have him recognizing Octavius from before he was Doc Ock. You know, you have Doc Ock recognizing Norman because they're contemporaries. You have Sandman recognizing them as Goblin and Doc Ock and that they had died, right? Like he, he, um, that worked. You have Lizard recognizing Max Dillon Mm -hmm. from, um, you know, Electro because they're from the same universe. You even have, and for people that don't know, how they explain it here, you also have Ned saying, oh, same universes. Like, it works if you don't know too, because like they're they're explaining it right here. But it's fun for people that have watched all these to be like, oh, that's so cool. Like they're actually interacting, they're actually recognizing each other. Um and we get uh you know, Doctor Strange saying, Oh, good, you brought in another one. And he zaps Norman into behind the prison cell, into the prison cell. And Peter's trying to plead with him that, no, look, if we can just, you know, like he wasn't evil at this point, you know, like we can mm-hmm. try to, you know, fix this. Um, Peter learns that they mostly die from fighting Spider-Man. And or they all do, right? That's the, that's well, the... you know, Sandman doesn't. So it is interesting. So they don't. Right. Fall. Um, but yes, yeah, so all the other ones, I guess, have Sandman is not. Uh, that's why Sandman doesn't care. He wants to go home to see his daughter. Like he right, actually right. has no plan in this at all. And he doesn't even take the villain's side. His whole thing is just trying to get somebody to press the damn button the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that's all he wants. <laughs> um, but, uh, Peter learns that they almost all die from fighting Superman. And he's trying to stop Dr. Strange because of what Aunt May had told him. This causes the fight scene. This is where Peter steals the box and we get, I really like too how he, you know, he runs outside. Uh, he jumps onto the car, right? Or he tries to swing, gets cut yep. down, goes into stands on the car and then gets taken right back in front of the building again. And he's just like, Oh man. And you get Dr. Strange with, you know what they all do. The ancient one did it to Hulk. He, it, he, she did it to Dr. Strange but he like knocks Peter's soul out of the body. And uh, I saw some people confused online with why strange still couldn't get the box. I, 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 I think, I, I think I've got it and you, can, you it? can correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but uh, so in the comics, the spider sense is kind of framed as like a connection throughout universes. So it's not just in physical form that it's not a biological thing. It's more than that. So it's just it's just second nature really it's it's just immediate it's it Mm. it happens regardless of if peter's there or not so it's uh i i think that that shows like a really cool element of it uh yeah it's like an instinct you know it's just like yeah it's the it's the spider sense that's what i'm thinking it is too it's just the spider sense being like nope can't get it (laughs) um because the first time i watched it i was like what is the explanation? And then as I just thought of it more, I was like, oh, it's just his spider sense going off. Yeah. You know, he's not, he's like the spider sense is protecting him at that point while he's then, not there. Yeah. And then, and then uh, we see Peter swim back into his body. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is good. And now he says it's like really cool, but don't ever do that again. Yeah. Yep. 
that's the Spider-Man quips we were missing from the first yes. two movies. Yeah. And then we have him, you know, swinging away. We get the the cloak uh, getting on him and uh, trying to fight with him. Uh, looked like a nice little thing, too, when you see, you know, what if, and he's wearing the cloak. You know, like, this is funny to see him, like, fighting the cloak here. Um, and then we have Strange putting him in the mirror dimension. And them doing the fight. They're on top of the subway car, doing all this great stuff. But what I like about this is how Peter solves this. Peter solves it. He realizes that this mirror dimension is actually just math. It's just <laughs> geometry. He recognizes some of the spirals. And he just is able to, and, you know, this is a Spider-Man line here, too. You know what's better than magic? <laughs> math. You know, and he just... Gets it, was able to get the box and get the sling ring from Strange. Pretty roughly, Strange says, ow. And yep. <laughs> then he leaves them in there, uh, which was which was great. And, uh, you know, he gives Ned the ring and he gives MJ the box. And he's like, you're not going with me. If anything happens, it's your job to press this and send them back home. If they act up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know he's going to go fix the villains at, at, at happy's. Um, I thought it was interesting how some of the villains didn't really seem for it. Some of them did. And we get the best line here too. And I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming as soon as they cut to goblin. But when Norman says, you know, I'm something of a scientist <laughs> myself, that got the biggest applause and laughter in my first showing. All right. Yeah, that it got it got quite a bit in mine as well. Yeah, and I had to explain it to my wife afterwards, but because um, she had seen the first one a while ago, she didn't rewatch it with me this time. But uh, she's not a big Tobey Maguire fan. She says he has no emotion. <laughs> I have to keep I have to keep telling her it's not true. In, um, in the original ones, I can kind of see it. I can see what she means, but he's just playing yeah. like it's how he's mild mannered. Like when he's pissed right. off and he's sad, you can tell in those movies. But right, he's more of like a mild mannered Spider Man. Uh, she likes Andrew Garfield though. Um, yeah, yeah, he's he was great. But uh, so they go and they fix Doc Ox inhibitor chip, and this is another one of those things. That I was like, this is a perfect reference to the previous trilogy. You know, having this, you know that that they're just going full on in okay he has a chip here that was busted like if you're a fan of the original trilogy you understand what's going on um and it's explained to you if you don't you know oh this thing was supposed to be controlling his arms but instead it broke and the arms are controlling him boom done and um how they start to take the power from electro they put the thing on him and electro doesn't want to go back to being a nobody which is why he is really the one that's really pushing the most to not follow this stuff. He, he doesn't want to mm -hmm. go back. Um, and then when Doc Ock gets fixed, it's just really great acting by Alfred Molina. And then, oh, yeah. you know, it, the scare too of him maybe being dead, you know, for those few seconds where everybody's <laughs> like, uh, and Peter's like, Doc, Doc. <laughs> and now I know why people said that he would be a good Marty McFly. Hearing him say Doc like five times, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, and then we get Doc Ock saying, you know, how does it feel, Norman? You're about to feel whole again, you know? And the way Willem Dafoe can just 
on a line. The way he delivers a line, you're like, okay, he's Goblin now. And he does. Mm-hmm. He says something there. I forget what it is. That is like that he's Goblin. And you can just tell by the way he's talking. And then we get the whole scene where Spider uh, Peter's spider sense is going off. And it's this tense moment where, I mean, even I sitting there had no idea what's going to happen. You know, you're, yeah. it's a very tense moment. You're like, what? what is he who's who's doing it? and you know you even get what sandman or electro is like why are you looking at me like that you know like they, yeah. they're all on edge here and then when he just webs norman's hand to dummy and you get you know norman saying that's a neat trick and then one of the characters calls out something about Norman and his line of just Norman is on sabbatical. <laughs> on yeah. Oh it's God. just great. It is so good. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the whole fight breaking out here, but yeah. just that tense moment with the Norman revelation and then goblin coming out the play. Like it is beautiful. Yeah. And we, and we see him start to convince others about, about this. And these are gifts, not curses. Right. Yeah. Or it, yeah, no, these are curses, not gifts, I think, right? Well, no, he was saying that these oh, right, are yeah. gifts, not to be cured, yeah. My my bad, yes. Uh, and um, it's also worth mentioning, at this point in time, uh, we we um, have J. Jonah Jameson outside yes, of yeah. the condo because he followed uh, Spider-Man and Aunt May in the, in the feast truck that... Also, the lizard is in at this point in time. Yes, he did uh, not want to go in for whatever reason. Yeah, which is uh, which is interesting. We also, uh, you know, so, but then, you know, uh, Goblin gives a gives a bit of a speech, inspires Electro to uh, take the to, thing uh, off with the yeah. last uh, the last beep is about to right. Go. Yep, and uh, just everything just breaks out then. Yeah, Electro starts fighting Doc Ock, I guess trying to break his inhibitor trip again. Uh, Peter starts fighting Goblin. Sandman and Electro also leave. Lizard breaks out of the truck. JJ is like, what is <laughs> going on here? Did anyone um, else see that? <laughs> we get a brutal hallway fight here, which is just the choreography for this. You know, seeing Goblin versus Peter is awesome. Mm-hmm. We have Aunt May picking up the stuff to cure everybody else, and she's trying to run out. And JJ is trying to get footage of Spider-Man. You get Lizard throwing Peter back into the building to get his ass even more kicked by uh, Goblin. And then Goblin, like, putting him through the floor. How many floors do they go through? I mean, yeah, all the way down to the lobby. Yeah, all the way down to the lobby. And that's right as may was about to leave and just goblin grabbing peter's head and being like now i'm going to fix you which i thought was an interesting way of saying that and the glider coming through and knocking aunt may just swift off her feet yep audible gasps in the theater um and you know he leaves and before he leaves he says you'll thank me later which is just so goblin yep uh you know, and he rides out of there and you have Peter and May actually gets up and goes over to Peter. Yep. And she seems to be okay. She says she'll be fine. And, you know, Peter is still on the side of, I have to like kill these people or send them back home 
to die and she says no like you're still doing the right thing after she is getting knocked off by goblin she still wants to help this person yeah which is just very aunt may uh and probably the most comic accurate aunt may we've gotten in this trilogy so far because she's just been pretty much been jokes about how hot she is uh so far in this trilogy you know they really did her a disservice until, and I actually don't think Marissa Tomei is very happy. If you've listened to some of her, oh yeah, rescue, no. her, her, <laughs> she her, she definitely her interviews. <laughs> um, they asked why she was in these movies. She's like, I listened to my agent for once, and that didn't go well, or something like that. <laughs> like she did not like it. Um, but then Aunt May actually starts dying. She says she needs to catch her breath. She's bleeding really bad, and you know she dies and lets out one single tear and Peter's broken here and happy drives up and he's sad, but he's getting arrested and he's telling Peter to run, get out of there. And Peter's having a hard time leaving her there, but he does get free. And then the movie starts picking up even more pace oh, here yeah. as we get to MJ and Ned waiting for news and they have the box they hear about the casualty i'm not sure did they hear it was aunt may no they didn't know yeah so i'm trying to figure out how they know it was her i guess because they know they went there and obviously the villain would have killed her right instead of another villain so i'm guessing that's how she's because they they figure out enough when they talk to the other two spider-man and say that he's all you know we're all he has left you know so it seems like they kind of know somehow but yeah um, or maybe, maybe it was on maybe it was on earlier maybe they maybe they said that casualty earlier you know yeah maybe, yeah. maybe that was a repeat of the newscast from earlier yeah maybe, maybe who knows so ned wants to find peter and he starts opening a portal saying take me to peter and we see far away in an alley spider-man in a suit and you can tell by the big eyes that it's andrew garfield yep. and he starts running towards the portal he comes in takes off his mask and everybody's like ah <laughs> yep and you get you know mj starting to hurl uh rolls at him <laughs> <laughs> and they want Tricky. him to prove that he has uh, that yeah. he's spider-man i i love i love this uh like my my theater erupted in applause yeah, uh, as I'm sure yours did as well. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love Andrew Garfield in this movie. It just shows uh, that he he is a fantastic Spider-Man, really. But he was just hurt so much by the writing in yeah. the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Uh, but, you know, I, I I love the just all of his scenes in this. Like, you know, yeah, I have the spider sense, but not for bread. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and uh, well, it's true because even Peter doesn't have the, you know, Aunt May hurls a banana at him. Right. Or right. from home and he doesn't react, you know? Yeah. Because it's not so, going to hurt him. Exactly. So and, then, yeah. and then the climbing on the walls. And then. Yeah. And so then he wants like, to just, he just wants to like touch the yep. wall and hang for a bit. And he's like, is this enough? And they're like, no. And you get Ned's like grandmother being like, get him to get that cobweb over there while he's up there. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I I think uh it was it was just fantastic really. I uh but that's not the only surprise we get in this because Ned's like, all right, gotta keep trying until we find our Peter. The real one, he says. Yep, and the real Andrew one. says ouch. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then we get uh a random guy off the street as the youth pastor, yeah. Yep, the youth pastor. <laughs> uh and uh 
again, our applause erupts from every theater around the world as Tobey Maguire enters through the portal in, as, as, I, as I texted you, the most Tobey Maguire way, I think, could have yeah, been yeah. done. Like it was, it was perfect. Like I just came through the thing back there, and uh, it's it's gone. <laughs> yeah, wearing normal clothes, and I love yep. that Ned's just like, oh, it's just a random dude. Or yeah. <laughs> uh, Toby mentions now he's been looking for their friend since he got there. He recognizes that Garfield is not there, Peter. You know, he says, "Well, mm-hmm. that's not your friend," uh, because obviously, for people that are confused, I saw some people on Reddit be like, "How does he know what his friend looks like?" Uh, his face is all over TV and stuff. Exactly, yeah. they know it's Peter Parker, uh, so they know. Um, and you get both of them saying about like, you know, you get both of them echoing that they're Peter, but they don't go around broadcasting that they're Spider Man because it would get rid of the you know, secret identity and you get, you know, Andrew being like, I, I just said that same exact thing, you know? Um, but they start debating like, where would they find uh, Peter at, you know, for Toby, it was the top of the Chrysler building for Andrew. It's the top of the empire state building. This is the top of their school is where mm-hmm. they go. And uh, you know, MJ, I love that MJ and Ned just go right over and hug Peter. It's a yeah. really nice moment. Um, and then you see the other Peters at the very top of the building, like a clock tower or a rotunda yep. or something. Yeah. Um, and they come down. Andrew, Andrew's Peter uh, tries to tell him that he knows what he's going through. And, and our Peter doesn't want to hear it. Though you think, though, he'd want to listen to himself a bit because yeah. obviously <laughs> they're Spider-Man. So they've probably gone through some stuff. Yeah. Um, Toby starts telling the story of his uncle Ben. And then Andrew Garfield's Peter starts telling the story of Gwen and, you know, they're go and how he started not pulling his punches. Even, you know, he was really brutal, brutal Spider-Man yeah. for a bit. I, I, I did actually hear a theory about that, about that line that I, I, I want to get your quick uh, opinion sure, on yeah. because uh, some people were theorizing that there's supposed to be a deleted a few deleted uh, things from this where uh, after, you know, Harry Osborn kills Gwen in the amazing Spider-Man two, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man kills Harry Osborn. And that's what he means by he stopped pulling his punches because we don't actually see that happen in Mm -hmm. the amazing Spider-Man two. So I, I think that's a big possibility and also why he's so silent in, you know, the next scene where Ned asks, you know, did you have a best friend and all of that kind of stuff? And I think that I, I just a theory, obviously there's no, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's no confirmation of that or anything, but I think it's an interesting one that I would probably disagree. I, I don't know if we're supposed to assume he is killing people. Obviously Peter can, if right. he holds, if he doesn't pull his punches, but I just think he's just being more brutal. Maybe like, batman-esque you know leaving mm, them yeah. hanging on by a thread at times um that's what i imagine and that he's okay. kind of sick about that because you know i feel like if he was going to pull us if he was going to kill harry it would have been in amazing spider-man 2 uh like if, if we're thinking you know, like for me i feel like the most upset he would be would be right after it happened right but right. instead harry gets caught and he's shown in prison in the end credit scene um 
And then he takes a break for Spider-Man for months before he comes back. And he's usually his normal self where he takes down Rhino. So it, it does seem a little weird that he started not pulling his punches. Mm-hmm. But I would assume it had been sometime after he came back from that break. But I'm not sure if you ever went as far as killing somebody because he's uh, I'd like to not think that he killed somebody. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, especially with how jokey he is in this movie. It'd be kind of a little weird to be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking around with your friends, but I also killed a bunch of people. Um, but yeah, they decide they're going to still cure. They're going to cure the heroes because he now learns that uncle Ben said to both of them with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's at first like, how'd you guys know that? And I want to get your take on this. Is this the first time Peter's heard? Because he says to Aunt May, I know. Which makes me think that his Uncle Ben said it before to him, but I'm not really sure. I can't think of a time where it's said to him in any of the in any of the MCU films. So I I Right. But like I'm, his reaction to her saying that is not like like, oh, that's profound. He just says, I know. So it does seem I, weird. I, yeah, I wonder if it's something that, you know, she just says in general because, you know, Maybe. her her entire job is like helping people and and realizing, you know, I Maybe, I have the power to do she, things, so. Yeah. Maybe she said that when she found out that he was Spider-Man. Maybe. Yeah. So And he, she's saying it again here and he's like, "Yes, I know." Like Yeah, or may, or maybe it's just like uh the the other thing is maybe it's just like because he he's worried for her safety, so he's just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Yeah, I, true. I agree, true. Right? Yeah, so, that, yeah. Interesting. Uh, but we get into the school labs here, which is uh, some great Peter scenes here. We have Garfield taking the lizard cure. He's like, I already done this once. So I'll do it again. Toby says he's going to take the goblin cure because we have to cure all of them, right? He's really trying to tell Peter, <laughs> we, we got to cure them all. We're not just doing everybody else and then like killing this one. Uh, and then Peter's going to work on the others. This is where we get Ned asking about Toby's best friend. And he's, I love Toby's delivery here though, too. Uh, he died in my arms after trying to kill me. And he's just like, so sad as he's like tragic or whatever, as he's like doing his yeah. <laughs> dropping in there. And he's just like, so straight faced about it. And Ned's just like, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was, it, it was great. There's so much in this scene. Oh, yeah we get andrew and toby talking about their love lives Mm -hmm. and you know toby's peter alludes to that him and mj are working it out they figured a way to to work it out and that that was great because i forget where spider-man 3 left it um but that one didn't have a good ending like like for a trip like you know they were originally going to make a spider-man 4 and then it didn't happen and then they made amazing spider-man instead so Mm -hmm. I feel like it didn't have a super great ending. Yeah, I, I, I it's been a while since I've seen. I just Spider-Man watched 3, it too. So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't remember them leaving on great terms in general because I think he was know, starting to build the relationship back up after he did that whole Gwen Stacy thing. I think that's yeah, where they left yeah. off. At. <laughs> I think he went back into the jazz bar. Ah, yep. I think that might be where it was um so getting resolution there was nice and then you know andrew saying he doesn't have time for peter stuff right now he's still doing 
a lot of Spider-Man stuff. Which which fits in really well with the one of the major themes of this movie. Uh, that you know you can't live every life yes uh individually Mm -hmm. you have to you have to if if you want to do something you've got you've got to go into it right like so right and uh we get the spider spider-man pointing meme yep here but done out of costume so much so i didn't even recognize it like i heard people saying it and i'm like what and then when i saw it the second time i was like oh i see what they mean yeah yeah but ned asked for peter and they're all like pointing at each other and he's like no no peter no, no, Peter Parker, and they're like, we're all Peter Parker. <laughs> I got a good laugh out of yeah. people. That 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 was a great scene. It like it's perfect. That that's another great strength of this movie. It references the memes, uh, that like from every type of Spider-Man media, but not like overtly. Like it's right, not, like, like in it, your face. It's like a, it's like an extra thing where like uh you know if you know these movies then you're going to catch them and you're going to be like, ah, yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, that's a cool reference or whatever. But if, if not, then it's just like a funny joke. Right. So I, it, it's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also get Peter's given his web cartridges and it's revealed to everyone that Toby's body makes his webs. I was so hoping for this scene. Like <laughs> yeah. as soon as I heard the rumors of all three of them being in this, I was like, this neat i if that's not a scene that they've missed out on a massive opportunity it's it, it had to be done because i uh, correct me if i'm wrong but that's not comic accurate at all no, like, it's that's not. just something no. that's just something different that sam raimi was like you know what we're gonna be different and uh yeah yeah so you know it's funny it's all the people that really love toby spider-man movies the mess and say how much comic accurate he is yeah, uh, yeah not quite not quite <laughs> there's some things um as a kid, it confused me because I know in the cartoon he had web cartridges, and I'm like, wait, so which one is accurate? Yeah, this one he yeah. Has, I was like always confused. Um, Peter, uh, we get to the Statue of Liberty. Uh, so Peter calls JDA and shows he's at the Statue of Liberty with the box to try to entice the villains there. And I love when I love J.K. Simmons as J.J. Jameson because you get this beautiful scene where he's like ah he admits it and then when he says he's at the statue of liberty he's about to destroy another national monument <laughs> like, it's fantastic it really so is good. um and we get some great pre-fight conversations with the spider-man like this is probably my favorite scene it, it was we great, get yeah. we get do your web shoot out of anywhere else which <laughs> is so funny <laughs> And he's like, we're not talking about this. It's like, no, we, we're just interested because we don't have that. Like, we want to know. We get, what's the weirdest, coolest villain you fought? Where Toby says the black alien goo. Tom says he fought a purple alien in space. <laughs> we get Toby saying, I'm still thinking about how you fought an alien in space. Like, you went into space. And we get Andrew Garfield saying he's lame. He never fought an alien he fought a Russian dude in a mech rhino suit. <laughs> <laughs> and that actually brings one of one of the references that almost that went over my head the first time I when I saw it, but then reflected on it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. When Toby is like saying, you're amazing. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that. That's. And he says that like three times. He's like, thanks. I needed to hear that. Can you like yeah. say it again? Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I also love to this 
moment with just before that too, when we get this moment with Peter, uh, Peter one and Peter three, right? Uh, no, Peter two and Peter three. Yep. Toby and Andrew, when you know Andrew's like, Max was like the nicest guy until he ended up falling in this like vat of electric eels and toby's just like that'll do it like, yeah you're just so experienced with these crazy super villain origins that they're just like yeah sounds right yep <laughs> um and then all you know all the spider-men get there the villains start appearing do we get the swinging scene now or is it when they become a team that they do that it's when they become a team right yeah it's, it's yeah it's it, it, yep yep so at first they try taking all these on at once and they're failing. They're, they're sucking. They're doing mm -hmm. awful. And then we get, uh, we also did get the Toby reference to his back, you know, uh, with his back yep. needing crack. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and also when he says about the mental block he had with the webs. Yep. yep. You know, he's like, yeah, existential crisis, whatever. Like it was just so filled with so many great things. Um, so then they, they, they're failing and they all meet up and they're like, we got to do this one at a time. All three of us just, you know, distracting other ones and getting the thing to each person, trust your spider sense, all this kind of stuff. And we, they don't know how to work as a team except for Tom Holland, Peter. Parker. <laughs> he says he doesn't want to brag, but he was in the Avengers and Toby's just like, that's great. What is that? <laughs> it's wonderful to think that they don't have that. You know, we've never seen them have those heroes. It's literally just um, those Spider-Men in their universe so far. They don't know what the Avengers are. And I love that they gave Tom Holland something to teach them. This is where yeah. it kind of stops it from being about everybody else too. Like it, He's not only going through this journey of learning from them, but he teaches them something. They don't know how to be a team. He teaches them how to be a team. All right, we're going to listen to each other. We're going to listen to our spider senses, trust that. And we're going to take them one at a time. And I love their code names of Peter 1, Peter 2, and Andrew just so resigned of Peter 3 uh, yep. is who he is. Um, and at first they were all kind of confused about which Peter was which, you know. Um, and then you get that great scene in the moonlight with all three of them swinging and landing on the Statue of Liberty. I can't wait till that comes out so I can have that as like a background on something. Oh, it's so it's so good. That scene really is just good. It, it's the the score behind it as well as it's happening. It's it, it's a perfect scene. And there's also a part where they like swing off of each other too uh, yeah, a little yeah. bit, which is, um, it, it, it just shows like, you know, they're in sync. They're, they're, they're in sync then. Uh, and the landing as well, just the iconic Spider-Man landing too. And then landing uh, one, two, three, like the first Spider-Man, Toby mm -hmm. to Andrew with then Tom in the center. Is yeah. Beautiful. And then we finally find out who hits the lizard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is uh who which one was it? It was Andrew. It was Andrew. That's what I thought. Okay. Yep. And we get Sandman is up first. So they're going to get Sandman. Um, you know, you get this great thing where lizard's facing um 
Andrew, even when Andrew first faces off against Electro and he's like, Hey Max, nice to see you again. Miss me. And all that kind of like just shows how great Andrew Garfield was in the role. Um, uh, And then, you know, you get everything, you know, working out beautifully where they get it to, uh, you know, he's getting filled up with sand and Toby is, and he gets tossed the thing that the, the secure does it. And uh, actually, did you know that Thomas Hayden church was not able to film this? This is a scene from Spider-Man three. Yeah. It's just, it's just his scene where he transforms in reverse. Yes. And it looks, (laughs) it works great. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't realize that until I found that out. Me too. Yeah. So I, I, I I was a little disappointed at first because I was like, I would have liked to see more of him. That's why but, him and uh, Reese Ifens are in uh, CG the whole time. Yeah. Yep. Because yep. they weren't available because of COVID or something. Schedule yeah. or COVID. It, it makes sense. But at, yeah. at the same time, like, I, I didn't notice it until afterwards. Like, I, yeah. I was I was shocked when I got home and I was like, wow, I, I, you couldn't you, you could have fooled me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then we get. Um, so we get them first and we get what lizard. No, Lizard's third. We get Electro second. Yep. Right? And Doc Ock comes in, and you're thinking, uh-oh, he's turned on them again. Is uh, But he actually tricks Electro and takes the arc reactor off of him. Yep. And then we're able to get the cure for Max. And we get this great scene with Andrew Garfield and Max. You know, you're never a nobody. You know? And uh, <laughs> Max saying that he thought with him saving poor people and being in Queens that he was uh, a black guy, you know, and you get (laughs) Andrew. I love Andrew apologizing. He's apologizing (laughs) for something you can't even control. Yeah. I'm sorry. (laughs) And then, you know, there's gotta be Spider-Man somewhere. Right. Which is obviously a reference to miles. And, uh, you know, and then you get him saying like, damn eels or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I I think like um it it's all it's also just really profound because like you know um that that's part of the reason why Spider-Man was made in like a full body costume and didn't reveal his identity was uh because Stan Lee was like you know anyone should be able to think of themselves as Spider-Man in this mm-hmm. universe right so I th- I think it's a great a great point to kind of get that across and also we get I can't remember if it was here or earlier but um, Electro and Sandman kind of saying, yeah, you got to be careful what you fall into <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get uh, the... And then we get uh, Doctor Strange coming back. Yep. And, uh, you know, Ned says, wait, you're, uh, you know, it's working. And that's when we get MJ throwing the cure to Tom for the lizard. And now we've cured four of the five. And then Goblin comes in. Yep. And I like it too. Toby's the first one that hears Goblin. You can like, they focus on Toby here and Goblin first. I think that's really funny. And then we get, um, you know, Goblin takes the thing from strange puts a bomb in it because he knows that they're going to try to get it back i guess and it just blows up and now they have no way of sending them back home and we get the shield falling due to the explosion 
it knocks off some of the scaffolding and MJ starts falling. Mm-hmm. And I love this Tom trying to save her and getting hit by the glider. And then Andrew leaping into action, making up for not being able to save Gwen. And this is the part that I cried at in oh, yeah, my same, first showing. Same tearing up because of andrew like i was tearing up because andrew was tearing up and he the way he played this was just so beautiful mm-hmm. and you know her being like are you okay you know after he asked if she's okay and he's just like yeah yeah like he he made up for it and it gives closure to andrew garfield spider-man now that you know people are asking for amazing spider-man 3 now and all that and i just don't know if that would ever happen no I, and i i, I hope so. it doesn't because these like Maybe we'll see him again. Maybe we won't. But I do like that they gave these people the closures they deserved. Toby didn't really get closure that well. Andrew didn't get closure that well. They're getting the closure now. That if you were to just watch Toby's three or Andrew's two and then watch this movie, you have an arc. Yeah. I, I did. I That reminds me of something. Because before Goblin shows up and blows up everything, we get another callback to uh, Spider-Man 2. Because, uh, you know, you, uh, oh, yes, yes, this was at this point. Doc yeah. Ock it sees Toby's Peter or Toby's Spider Man, and he comes up and he's and uh, he's like Otto, and he's like, ah, oh, how are you doing? And then Peter's like trying to do better, which is a reference to Spider Man 2 when uh, Otto recognizes him as Connors' student and says that he's uh, that he's brilliant but lazy and. Toby responds that he's trying to do better. And Mm -hmm. I think that's another really well integrated callback. Yes. Yeah. And even again, the here with the power of the sun in in my hand, you know, Um, when he he takes the arc reactor, he takes the arc reactor. He, he, you know, is holding a really stable version of the power of the sun in his hand. Um, Now we get to the point of them uh, landing in the shield Peter versus Goblin, and he is just relentless here. I love this. I just love he picks him up and throws him down. He's just punch, 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 punch. Like it is brutal. And then he actually picks up the glider and he's gonna finish him off before Toby jumps in front of it, holds it up, and just stares him down. You know, that's not what we do. We're here to cure everything. We're here to cure that ass, as Ned would say. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And then we have Goblin stabbing Toby, Mm -hmm. which got a huge response the second time. Shocked gasps. Yes. The first time I saw it, I thought maybe they were killing him off, but yeah, I thought they I thought they were (laughs) for a second as well. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't. I was like, oh, that could really upset some people if they killed him off. Um. And, and the spell starts cracking open even more, right? More people are starting to come through. We actually see silhouettes of some. Yep. I'm not sure if you caught this, but we see Rhino, Black Cat, Craven, Scorpion. Like, we see people, comic accurate uh, characters up there starting to come through. But um, I also just love some of the lines that Goblin says throughout the whole movie of, you know, like, uh, you know, strong to have whatever you want, but too weak to take it and stuff like all that kind of stuff is just great goblin lines. And 
the way he's just laughing here as he's getting his beat pummel uh, his face pummeled like is is just wonderful because he probably knows he can't um really stop him right like he's hoping i guess that peter kills him and breaks him you know he's trying to break peter throughout this whole thing Mm -hmm. then we get andrew throwing the cure to tom and tom stabbing him and he they actually do cure him and uh you know peter goes over to strange and says what if they all forget about peter parker as a whole and would that work? And Strange says, yes, it would work. But and I like the way Strange slips up here. You know, all the people that love you, we, you know, we would not remember you. Um, and then him again telling him, call me Steven, you know, instead of sir. Yep. And uh, him saying his goodbyes to the two Spider-Men, him saying his, and I love that he hugs them. Yep. Um, and then him saying his goodbyes to Ned and MJ and giving MJ a real going away kiss here. And we yeah. kind of get what people are saying might be the next uh, next Cap and um, Carter uh, Peggy moment here with the dance. Mm-hmm. As we get her saying, I love you. And as he's trying to say back, she says, tell me the next time you see me. So is that going to be a thread here when sometime later he will tell her that he will get a chance to tell her or not? We'll, we'll find out. But the spell works and we kind of flash to statue of Liberty without the shield, but it is copper again. So it is renovated mm-hmm. and we get it's around Christmas time. It's snowing and Peter is walking with his notes. He's going to tell MJ and Ned what's going on. You know, he said he promised he would find them again to tell them who he was and he goes in there and he realizes they both got an MIT. They're having a good time. I mean, and I, 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 maybe I'm reading too much into it, but when she moves her hair back and you see the bandage and she, you know, he asks if she's okay. And she says, it doesn't hurt anymore. I feel like it's like some saying to Peter, like it doesn't hurt anymore. Like, because he's out of her life, you know, like she's yeah. not going to be in harm's way because he's no longer there and he's going to tell her and he decides not to. And he just says, he'll see her around. And, you know, we even get a bit where he goes to a new apartment. Ren is due. I really thought maybe we were going to get Mr. Dickovich here (laughs) (laughs) from Spider-Man two and three. And then we see the sewing machine and we see him in this, this suit is so great, by the way. It is my favorite part of the movie, I think. <laughs> and we see him gliding on the snow, like doing a little slide on the snow, then jumping up, doing some web slinging, and then falling into the camera. It's beautiful. What did you think of all this ending here with the with the spell and uh, him being on his own? Perfect. It was the perfect ending, really. And one thing that um, I caught afterwards when people were talking about it, MJ is still wearing the Black Dahlia necklace. Yes. Yep. The broken one. She she has no idea why she's wearing it, but she's still wearing it. Uh, so I, I think that's uh, that's pretty interesting. And I also love the mug 
or the cup that he gets with the coffee in it and how when he jumps out of the window in the suit it it focuses in on that the we're happy to serve you yeah yeah it it's just perfect it it shows exactly who spider-man is he is a servant of the people like he he's he's going to be out there and helping everyone uh so i think that was just like just a beautiful little little moment there that that was just uh yeah i i mean i i cried at the ending as well like uh when when i realized he wasn't going to to tell them who he was and at first i was like dang no more ned or mj and then as i thought about it i was like but it's perfect like it makes all of the other movies better it it was like a it was like a backward cycle of getting to the getting to the starting point Mm -hmm. it gives all of the background of spider-man in general of, P- of this iteration of, of peter parker and spider-man and shows where he's coming from and you know it, it it it's it's really perfect it this ending makes homecoming and far from home infinitely better really yes it does it, these three movies are his origin now um and i'm glad he didn't I'm glad the spell worked as hoke, you know, as hokey as it can be of like, Oh, they hit a reset or whatever. Some people like my mom was upset that they don't remember because she's like, now he's really alone. And I'm like, yeah, he's alone. That's great. <laughs> like that's Spider-Man. He has to juggle. And now when whoever he tells he is Spider-Man to next means a lot more. Cause he knows what they're going to, he knows he's putting them in danger. Right. And this, it was all fun and games before this you know where he's telling people without really worried about how in danger they could be the next person he tells well it'll mean a lot because he'll know i need to tell this person though it will put them in danger and we'll see is it mj later on or is it a gwen is it felicia you know who is it that is the next love interest we don't know um but you know having him be poor People don't remember him, so he can't rely on like Pepper Potts. He can't rely on Happy with money. He has to do his own thing now, and it really is setting him up for a more regular Spider-Man story going forward, but yet everybody still knows Spider-Man. So, you know, I saw some people saying, well, then, you know, how does that mean he won't ever interact with the Avengers again? No, the Avengers still know who Spider-Man is. They just don't know it's Peter Parker. Right. So they remember saving the world with him and everything. I'm sure if he goes up to Strange in his Spider-Man stuff, he'll know it's Spider-Man, but he won't know it's Peter. Which I think is good. I'm glad he has his secret identity back because the MCU doesn't use secret identities all that much. Right. Yeah, I I don't think there's... I mean, now I think it's just Spider-Man who has... And Matt Murdock, if we're... Well, yeah. but, But he hasn't been introduced into the wider universe's Daredevil yet unless the netflix series is completely right right yeah but But, i mean like you know in the sense of him catching the brick he does have his powers so he probably is doing daredevil stuff but nobody knows it's him right um so he would have a secret identity spider-man would have a secret identity and i think that's it yeah i i i really can't think of any other heroes with secret identities i'm i'm thinking as far as far through the series as i can but yeah no it, it's 
Uh, so I think that makes this version of Spider-Man in the MCU a more unique character just because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, so I'm really glad that they gave him that back. Uh, and then we get the end credit scenes. Let's talk about them a bit. We get Venom. Yep. Wasn't a big fan of this scene, um, honestly. But we do get... Uh, at the end of Venom, he was in the MCU... At the end of this movie, he goes back to his universe, but leaving a piece of symbiote behind. And I really like that because not a big fan of the Venom movies. So if we're going to get regular Venom in this universe, or at least the black suit in this universe, I'm glad it just leaves a little bit of the symbiote behind and that's it. We right. Don't to, yeah. We don't have to see I, Tom Hardy Venom or anything. I, th- I think it's perfect that that way. Uh, he can stay in the, in Sony's little universe of, of things that they're, that they're, um, that mm-hmm. they're building up over there. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I, I think it's it's I was confused at first. Like, you know, I I was like, oh, OK, so it's Venom. But where was he during this all? And then and then it, I'm like, oh, OK, he he doesn't get a chance to do anything. But I'm interested to see who the symbiote will latch on to. You know, that little that little bit left. I'm, I'm hoping it latches on to kind of tom first peter Mm -hmm. first and then going on to maybe this universe eddie brock or something kind of like a spider-man 3 type thing but done better (laughs) maybe with maybe an actual black suit with the white logo instead of just black with the black yeah like it is in the raimi ones and then we get the end credit scenes uh, the the last scene is actually more of a trailer, a Doctor Strange trailer. You're our mm-hmm. resident Doctor Strange fan. What did you make of one his appearance in this movie? How was he? But also then this end credit scene. Well, in this movie, I I think it he was used like the perfect amount, really, uh, because you know I, I was kind of concerned a little bit that he would be kind of taking on the Iron Man role uh, that Iron Man or other characters have had in the other Holland movies where like, he's more of like a mentor, like guiding him through helping him. But no, he's, he's like there at the beginning. He's there at the end. Uh, he doesn't really help like, uh, help get him out of situations. And there's actual consequences for him, like needing strangers help as well. So I think he's used like the perfect amount. It's, it sets up, it gives us a little bit more, uh, strange character development. You know, we see a bit of a more, fun and loose side of of strange as opposed to like you know what we get uh in infinity war and endgame right where there's like this very strict unbending kind of uh doctor strange so i i think that that's really well done in this and that trailer at the end oh i'm so excited for multiverse of madness i'm really excited for it uh just like Show, showing the comic accurate characters and everything, you know, the comic accurate uh, Scarlet Witch costume. Uh, we're we're seeing. I I'm not sure if it if it's actually going to be him, but looks like Strange Supreme from What If in uh yeah in that. And if so, I am so down for that because uh, that was that that was awesome in um in, in uh in What, what if? if. So I I think it would be awesome to actually have that then be shown like how it connects to the wider mcu uh because you know you can kind of see it here and there uh in 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 what if but it's not like fully explained at any point 
Mm -hmm. uh, we just know like these are universes that exist uh alongside of whatever the timeline for the mcu is like isn't it like earth one nine 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 yeah like, yeah like some something like that but um you know but if that's that is strange supreme then that sets up so much exciting stuff for this i am just i i'm i i can't wait to see where this goes and especially with the reshoots uh apparently being about like adding in cameos and stuff since people were hyped up about all of the ones in spider-man uh i i can't wait to see who they you know who who is going to be making appearances and you know who gets introduced as well because you know uh if if they can introduce a few characters in there alongside it that would be pretty exciting so i i'm just super excited for uh for this movie i think it's going to be fantastic and uh you know i, I just like dr strange content so that that's <laughs> that 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 will be great i'm a little apprehensive about this movie i don't think the trailer really showed me enough to make me really excited i am worried about the cameo stuff I don't want them to go too overboard with it. That is a concern. Yes. <laughs> that is a concern of mine because while they handled this stuff very well, uh, if there really are just cameos, I don't want them to be overboard with them. I really want this film. And, you know, there was a comment Benedict Cumberbatch made on a podcast or something that got me worried too about how he didn't. Yeah. Something about like, Maybe like that he he wasn't given as much to do in this movie, which is strange because it's his movie, you know, like I hope that just like the way they kept it focused on Tom Holland for this one, they keep a focus on him and I don't want it to go overboard with that. So I'm, I'm a little worried about it. I wonder if the, when they released this trailer that was at the end, if to fans, if they're going to release it soon and if they're going to put more stuff in it. Because we'd actually need, like, the title card. We would need stuff like that. Right, right. Um, or if this is going to just be what we get until whenever they release a real trailer for it. I don't know. Yeah, um, I, you know, COVID has kind of shortened some of these marketing times a lot. Yeah. I, I think, like, as far as, like, that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch comment goes, I wonder if it's just to, like, kind of throw people off on it. And, uh, you know, just because... He doesn't want anything to get out about anything with it. Maybe. And it, it could it could just be trying to, you know, red herring. It could it could just be as simple as that. But uh I'm 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 hopeful for it. And honestly I, say, I don't think it is yeah. Strange Supreme. I, I I think it would be kind of weird if it was because he seemed to have learned his lesson. So for if he was evil again, it'd be kind of weird, but but yeah, we, we know from this movie that the multiverse pulls people in from not necessarily at the point where we last saw them. That's true. That's but true. so it, it could pull him in like right as he's about to like, uh, you know, absorb strange himself in, in what if it, it could be right before that. And so I, I, I'm curious to see if, if, uh, if, if it is because, you know, uh, the, the thing that throws me off is he doesn't have like the, the longer Cape, really mm -hmm. uh so i don't think I, i'm i also don't think it is quite him but i think it might it just is, be another evil strange or something yeah. i mean if it is i'll be happy if not 
I'll still be happy because I'm sure <laughs> because I know I know Marvel will find a good way to make to make it work. So yeah, what'd you think of the Hawkeye Pym arrow too? I want to ask you about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, Jack has eaten really well this yeah, year. Yeah, there's man. there's so much there's so much good stuff. Strange stuff this year. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really hoping uh you know I I, I want to see more Ant-Man. I can't wait for Quantumania, or as the poster looks like, ooh, moo, 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 moo. Yeah, you know? I don't know why. Yeah, it's like uh, that, that but... poster is a graphical design nightmare, but or a title card, whatever, uh, whatever. Look, it was the on the clapboard, yeah. Yeah, um, it it looks it it doesn't look like good graphic design, uh, but I'm still excited for for that. And you know, we we've got we've gotten some good uh, implementations of those characters into you know, animated projects and some live action yeah. for Dr. Strange, but I'm just excited to see what happens next with multiverse of madness, because, you know, if they're doing reshoots, I, I think that, that it will be for they a good just reason. Wrapped so, up too. They just yeah, wrapped I, it up. Um, it'll it'll be for a good reason because Marvel wouldn't, I, I, I feel like Marvel know at this point that what people you know, want. They, yeah. yeah. They, they know what people want and they know that, the hardcore fans of this, if these are just cameos that are just thrown in there, they know that the the fans will know. Right. So um, I feel like the fact that it was described as significant reshoots kind of tells me that it's that it's going to be more than just like quick appearances or, or something like it will be like a new scene or something that that has that sort of thing. But I I'm very interested and intrigued to see what happens with it. And I do hope we get a more extended trailer uh, or yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I just, I, I'm, I'm just excited for it. Yeah. I, you know, and that's the next film we get uh, is multiverse of madness. And then July is Thor and then black Panther is supposed to be November. But we, you know, we've heard some stuff about how that's been, um having some problems filming with Letitia Wright being injured. So Quantumania and the Marvels have both wrapped production. So maybe those could be moved up if something happens with Black Panther. I don't really want them to rush this, you know, after already losing Chadwick Boseman. This Black right. Panther franchise is on the line here honestly i think yeah um if yeah. this is not a success they i don't know if they go through with the black panther 3 they would probably just wrap them in with avengers or something but uh you know that would be that'd be a shame so don't rush it if you don't need to you know make sure it's it's going the way you need it to go and if a movie's already done just kind of bump it up is what i would do and give black panther more time um but yeah, for um, I think we might get Moon Knight in February. Okay, okay. it hasn't I'll been announced, but it's supposed to be announced by the end of the year when it when the twenty twenty two Marvel stuff looks like. So if we get Moon Knight in February, that'd be great. Uh, we have Hawkeye finale this Wednesday, and then we get a little bit of a break. We might have Jack back on to like build your own MCU trilogy and also just talking about uh, the best MCU trilogy. Have you on, yeah. we can discuss all that good stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of um, good ones out there. 
Yeah, and by build your own, I mean like you know, take three movies that have a running plot line and make a make your own trilogy type of thing, like a build a bear. Uh, you can <laughs> email us your thoughts at marvelplusrecaps at gmail.com. Reach us on Twitter at TO Infinity Saga or reach us on Facebook, facebook.com slash infinity saga beyond. Any last thoughts on Spider Man for you, Jack? Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back to see it in theaters again and probably again, and probably again. I, I feel like this movie is that kind of movie where the more you watch it, the more you're going to notice every time. Mm-hmm. and i i can't wait to go back and see what i notice again uh, honestly i i i really think that there's a reason why this is in my top 3 mcu movies uh mm-hmm. because it's what's the it's other just, two the other two for me are captain america the winner uh and the uh winter soldier and then we've got captain america civil war those are my oh, wow, okay. other two favorites uh really like the political intrigue behind that because yeah yeah kind of what i do for work so i it works out well but yeah i mean this this one is just so fantastic everything goes perfectly in it i i really i i said at the beginning it not only met every expectation it exceeded them i i think it's going to be a long time before any marvel movie gets as much hype and does exactly what no way home did uh, so, you know, while, while you can, while it's in theaters, make sure to cherish it, catch it in theaters if you can, uh, because this is the kind of, this is the kind of thing that just works so much better in theaters. And actually, if you haven't seen it, what are you doing watching this? You, you definitely yeah, shouldn't I mean, have Seriously, uh, uh, you just so, got spoiled everything here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't wait till this is on Blu-ray so I can just watch it over and over again. Oh yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'm probably going to go see it one, maybe two more times in theaters. We'll see. Um, because, uh, you know, I was going to try to go see West side story or the matrix this week as well, but no, I'd rather go see Spider-Man another time. I think so. That's probably what I'm going to (laughs) do. Uh, just to be able to be with fans who haven't seen it before and see their reactions and, you know, just see it on like an IMAX screen or, or something, you know, just uh, the most movie I've ever seen in theaters is last Jedi five times. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to this five to six times, um, but maybe in a regular year I would. Um, but yeah, I, I, this this movie deserves it. It deserves all the love, deserves all the praise. I'm glad that people that don't even like MCU Spider-Man have liked this movie. They love the way it ended with Tom on his own and wearing a new suit and being poor and you know all that kind of great stuff. We even got an Iron Man Junior reference in this. If you notice on the Time magazine or whatever, yep. with a crying baby dressed as Spider-Man. Um, just a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, this is not the last time I'll talk about it on the show. This Tuesday, I have another episode with Logan talking more of this. Probably not going to go beat by beat. We're probably just going to talk more broad stuff because I feel like you don't need two episodes that are going beat by beat with this stuff. But it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to talk about this movie for a while. Thank you for listening to the show if you made it this far. And I hope everyone has a great holiday season. And uh, we'll catch you next time.